good to see you all. Man, you know, I feel what Aaron felt seeing all you guys. It's so good just to be in this room with y'all again. Uh, three, one, three weeks, three months, three years, I'm not sure how it's been, uh, but it feels like forever since we've been uh, in this room, uh, and it's so good to, uh, to be back. Uh, you might have noticed not all of us are back. We are uh, missing mom and dad tonight, uh, Ben and Charlotte, uh, not able to be here, not feeling well, um, so we get, to, uh, we get to go a little crazy with the parents not home, so this is going to be fun. Um, and so that's why I'm, I'm wearing the mic again uh, with about 36-ish hours notice. Uh, but here I am, and this is going to be good. And I believe uh, that God has something special planned for tonight. Uh, normally, this, this would have been a challenge. But uh, when I heard what Ben wanted to talk about tonight, uh, it was, it, it's in, in Ben's DNA. It's in my DNA. It's in this church's DNA. Uh, what we're going to talk about tonight, because it's uh, it, it's just who we are. It's how we live. Um, so, uh, invite you guys to to engage with this. This is this is really uh, really special stuff. And um, yeah, believe that God that God wants to move. I feel like He's already moved. Worship has been great. Announcements killed it. Abby just kills it. Um, uh, this next part, though, I would like if we can make an agreement. Just next time you see next time you see Ben, just so we can stress him out just a little bit. Uh, if you could tell him, he's, he's going to ask how college night went. Just tell him, oh, it was great. To, you know, worship, awesome. Totally excited about announcements, all those things. But just the sermon. Ben, uh, Jordan really said some things that just kind of are stumbling blocks for me. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if I really understand. Uh, he's kind of just saying Jesus like a nice guy. Is that right? Was he really just a cool dude? You know, so, just something that really just really irks him. Uh, I just really want to... And then just take a picture when you say it, because I really want to. I really want to see it. Uh, and then tell me you're joking, because I also want to keep my job. So, um, wanna, but but I encourage you. That'll be fun. So, um, okay. Before we jump in, uh, I just want to pray for us. So, uh, yeah, Lord. Um, yeah, God, we 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 just we we say it again, Lord. So we uh, we want to go all out for you, Lord. We just we in our in our minds, we just think about a life where you. Have it all, Lord, and we say we want to live that, God. We want to live that. So tonight, would you speak to us? Uh, show us, Lord, each of us to our hearts, uh, in our minds, Lord, what it is that you uh, want us to do, how, how you want us to live, the lifestyle uh, that we can live, to, to pour ourselves out to you, to love you, and, and to be poured into by you, God. We, um, we're just all for you. We love you, Lord. You, would you have this night? I pray this in your name. All right, um, cool. So, so like I said, uh, Ben already had a message uh, planned tonight, uh, and it's something that if you talk to him for longer than like 30 minutes, it, it's going to get to this at some point. Uh, so, so he handed me uh, responsibilities for today, and he's like, I'll send you some notes uh, of what I had. And, and he sends me a Google Doc that is, that is eight pages long, and I'm like... <laughs> I don't think you are going to get through all this. I'm definitely not going to get through all this. I'm not sure I want to read all this. Uh, luckily, I read, it, I read some of it, and I'm like, oh, this is just what you say over coffee all the time. So I was ready to go. Um, but what we're talking about tonight is really, um, it, it's, it's our vision put on the ground. I think, I think that's a good way to put it. It's, it's us wanting to live as disciples of Jesus, but, but brought to uh, a place where we can can implement it in 
to our lives. Um, in fact, what we, what we call this um, just a few weeks ago, or, or months ago, I guess, when Jamie preached, uh, he called it basically our, our lifestyle as disciples of Jesus. Uh, he even called it our Antioch lifestyle. Okay, so I think we have a slide that, that does the trick. Uh, yeah, right there, right there. That's kind of, that's our, that's our blueprint for tonight. This is all we're talking about, um, this, this cycle, this, this triangle, um, this, these concentric circles flowing into each other of encounters with God, uh, discipleship, and missions. Uh, that is EDM. We are talking about EDM. Uh, electronic dance music is the, is the plan for tonight. Uh, so we are, are going to camp out here. Uh, thank you, Noel. Noel's hands are already up. She's, right, she's in the club. Uh, so what we are going to do uh, is go through these things. And, and like I said, this, if, if we make this our, our lifestyle, this is how we uh, really make sure that we are constantly living a lifestyle where we're getting filled up by God, where we're pouring it into our brothers and sisters, and then we're pouring it out into those who, who don't know. Um, so as I was praying about this, uh, I felt like there were some things that, that God said he wanted uh, to do tonight. And so I'm just going to uh, tell you guys what, what God said. I think that's a pretty good plan for preaching. Um, God kind of told me that he wants us to really be unified around this. I felt like I was praying and God was like, this is what we can be unified around as uh, a ministry, as a family, as a church, right? And, and in something this simple, there's, there's such clarity when you have such a simple vision like this, uh, that it's so easy for us to, to come together as brothers and sisters and be united and say, this is what we're shooting for, because this is what we're shooting for. I mean, this is what our entire uh, College ministry, just our whole plan is built around this. Life groups are built around this. What you do uh, in life groups is strategic so that all these things are, are being met, even in the life group setting. So um, we, as we're listening, we can be united in a single game plan for, for what we're doing as a ministry. Uh, and then the other thing I felt like God was saying was uh, that tonight was just like a, uh, an opening of the door into a lifestyle of discipleship and into a lifestyle of, of following God, being filled up by God, pouring it out to brothers and sisters, and pouring it out to those uh, that are lost and that he still loves. So um, glory to God. I think he wants to do those things tonight. So um, let's jump in, all right? So, so what, how does this all work? Well, I want to start with uh, just the top. I think the top encounters with God is, is, where, we, is where we have to start. And Man, like, I didn't know about this. I did, this was, I don't know how they kept this from me, my first, like, 17 years of life. But that encountering God is not, uh, is not like a, a cool church camp thing, but it's a lifestyle that we live, right? Uh, and it, has to, it does have to happen first where he breaks through, right? And you have an aha encounter with God where, where it seems like he is face-to-face but, but once we're following him, and once we're devoted to him, and once our, his spirit is in us, and we're, and we're prioritizing him, he is just always ready for you to turn your eyes on him. He, he is always, as soon as you turn your face towards him, he's ready to reveal himself to, to those that have uh, believed in him, put their belief in him, uh, who are filled with his spirit. He is, he is that readily accessible. But I Man, I didn't, I didn't know about this, and, and my soul, I feel like, knew about this and, and wanted this, uh, but it, it, never, 
It never happened, right? I never, I never sought it wholeheartedly. And God, never, uh, God hadn't pursued me fully yet to the point where I was ready for that big encounter. But, but man, I, I, just, I could feel just my soul. <laughs> just that, that Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. <laughs> my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God. I think every one of our spirits, since being booted from the garden, has been, has been ha- uh, crying that out. Whether we've heard it or not, our spirits are longing for that encounter back with God. But there's a lot of stuff that, that keep us from that. I mean, uh, the world, uh, maybe our families, maybe the ch- even the church environments that we, that we grew up in, kind of discourage this. It, it's kind of painted as, as weird that you would seek God so boldly, that you would just, that you would just ask him plainly, God, make, make yourself plain to me. Let, me. let me see you. Just that idea, uh, it almost sounds a little arrogant. Some people are like, who are you? Like, who are you to think God would meet with you? Uh, intolerant even, insensitive that, that you would seek uh, you know, a single God so, so passionately, something like that. But man, man, when we, when we arrive at it, when we finally turn our eyes to him, our souls, our souls receive that living water and they take that drink in and they're like, oh, yes, this is what I've been waiting for this whole time. And it's not all those counterfeit all those counterfeit things that the world will try to give us to satisfy the desire that our spirits have for actually meeting with God. Okay, so um, I want to I want to just one story uh, here in uh, the book of John. If you have your Bibles, turn to turn to John five. Um, this is uh, a scripture that I uh, recently discovered. Uh, not discovered. It's been there a while. Uh, it wasn't just me. I'm sure other people have read this before. Um, but <clears throat> John 5, I want to start at, at verse 39 and give you some context. Jesus, is ta- uh, he's, he's done something uh, that makes these Pharisees, these religious scholars, these, uh, these really uh, yeah, smart Jews, really skilled in the, in the scriptures and Jewish faith, he, he's, he's angered them and they're after him to kill him. And Jesus is, af- is having this conversation with them. Uh, where he's just trying, like, he's trying everything he can just to show them who he really is. Like, he's, he's just saying, uh, he's pointing to all these things that witness to him, right? Uh, he's talking about how John the Baptist uh, has been showing people that, th- that he is the Messiah. He's talking about how his own works, uh, his miracles and things like that have proven that he is the Son of God. Uh, the witness of the Father, that God himself has testified uh, at the baptism, right, that Jesus is his Son. I want to go to verse 39 here because I think this highlights kind of the counterfeit encountering God that the Pharisees thought that they, were, uh, that they had, that, that they, they thought they knew God to, a, to an extent, right? And that gave them authority to tell Jesus who he was, right? Um, and then Jesus calls them out on this in verse 39. He says, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes 
from the only God. I think this is a place that, we're, that a lot of us are at. A lot of us uh, will, uh, not even, not us, I just think people in the world call themselves, uh, when, they, when they call themselves Christians, they think that they've, uh, they've covered that box, right? The, the encountering God box. They're like, cool, I met him, you know, here I am, I'm a Christian. I would say that it's the church that, that is in as dire need or more dire need to be encountering God every day. Because like the Pharisees, we, we, have, uh, we have a point that we can get to and feel content like them. Like, like they got the scriptures and they studied and they became really smart. And they're like, okay, this is, I've done it. I've, I'm a disciple or I've, I'm following God, right? Uh, but Jesus says, you, you got to the scriptures and you found knowledge, but that was not enough for you to actually know me. Like you got to the scriptures, but Jesus says, still somehow I'm standing right in front of you, trying to encounter you, but your head is down, right? The Pharisees keeping their eyes down on a, on, on a page when the Son of God, God himself, is right there in front of him. Or, or they're, they're what. They're satisfied with the honor of men. And because they're satisfied with the honor of men, they're, they're not able to receive the honor of God, right? This, these counterfeits are things blocking us from actually truly seeking God wholeheartedly. Because God has made a promise that says anyone who seeks him with all his heart will find him. Compare those, compare those Pharisees to someone like Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus, uh, a influential Pharisee who hears about Jesus and instead of, uh, instead of running from him or running at him to attack him, he, he schedules a dinner, right? He puts it on his calendar and he's like, I have to meet this guy. I have to, I have to put, make him put his money where his mouth is and I have to just talk to him. And I have to meet him face to face and he becomes the man that Jesus tells for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? He hears those words. Be reborn in the spirit, and what happens at the end when Jesus is dead, Nicodemus is there uh, looking for his body, right, trying to care, carry on his legacy. Uh, look, for, look at Paul, right? Paul, a Pharisee of Pharisees, until on that road to Damascus, Jesus meets him, and, and an encounter with God cripples him, and he realizes that he had it all twisted, that he, what he thought he had enough of, he truly didn't, and the God that he was actually seeking had come, and that he was going to give his life to him and live in communion with him forever, right? That is, what, that is what Jesus is seeking, right? It's those encounters. And it's not just one encounter, right? But it's, it's continual encounters every single morning. I, I still believe that my quiet time, that first hour and a half of my day, is the most productive time of my day uh, the, the best thing I can do, right? Because I can wake up and I can still have all these different ideas, all these stressors, anything, right? But once I'm, once I'm there and I say, Jesus, I'm here to see you, all of a sudden just my, my heart just clicks back into where it's supposed to be, right? And I'm ready to live, ready to live that life that he has for me, you know? Um, I think that's the difference, right, between Moses and the Israelites. You know, Moses, Moses was it the one that got to go up on the mountain and he got to, got to take God in with his, with his senses. He got to see him, right? He got to hear from him. He got to meet with him. And so Moses was able to live faithfully, right? I mean, not perfectly. He messed up, but 
was devoted, right? Because he saw him and he was when I got to meet with God. And at the same time, the Israelites down there at the bottom of Mount Sinai, creating a God that would better fit their image that they liked more, that looked more like them uh, in order to follow that God, <laughs> right? But Moses encountering the true living God, like the author of Psalm 42 is after her, my soul thirsts for God. Can I just say that it just the, the days of, of us <laughs> waiting at the base of a mountain for someone else to come and deliver the word of God to us, that's gotta be done. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for my heart. I'm not following anyone. I'm not following a living God if, a, if someone else is just supposed to, to feed me God's word on Sunday mornings. I've gotta travel up the mountain. I've gotta meet with him myself. So it's a daily, it's a daily thing. And it's a communal thing. We do it as a church. We do it as, uh, as a ministry. We do this uh, in worship. We do it in prayer, uh, in our quiet times individually. We have a lot of great opportunities for you to practice encounters with God uh, coming up. Our winter retreat will be a great time where we're just going to be after uh, God's presence together. So um, this has to be, be part of our lives. But after the encounter, uh, that kind of brings us to the next place that I think uh, this kind of goes to logically, and that's, that's the discipleship piece. Uh, if we can throw it back. Yeah, there we go. Um, because if there's one thing that anyone that encounters God has in common, it's that they, they have a lot of questions afterwards, right? I mean, and they probably should. That's not something that they notice a lot, right? If God is after them, if they feel the pursuit of God on their hearts, uh, they've heard the gospel. Um, they've, they've been in a, a worship experience where they've suddenly their spirit has felt something. They're get, they have questions, right, because they've encountered God. And that is why discipleship is so important in our, in our lifestyles. Um, why do we love discipleship? It, again, Jesus, Jesus seemed to really love it. Uh, and usually the things that Jesus loves, we, try, we, we love. That's kind of the way we work around here, um, is, is that. So uh, Jesus, Jesus was all about it, was all about discipleship. And what that just means is, is a personal just investment in, in one another uh, at a heart level trying to encourage one another to live more faithfully and more devoted to Jesus. That's all discipleship means. Um, and Jesus took this strategy more than he took any other strategy, right? I mean, uh, he came and, uh, and he drew the masses quite a bit, like uh, very regularly, the masses came. And it's not surprising. The dude was walking around spitting in blind guy's eyes and then and all of a sudden they could see, right? If I heard someone did that trick, I'm like, Where's he at? I'm going to go meet with that guy. But, and, and the crowds would get so excited, right? They, they would be so riveted by what he's saying, uh, so much so that in, in John uh, 6, after he, he miraculously feeds 5,000, uh, it says that they actually tried to take him by force and make him king. You think about Jesus who says he comes to earth and says, uh, I'm, I'm bringing the kingdom of God. I'm here to show you the kingdom of God. And now there's these people who are like, we want to make you king. You, if that was me, I'd be like, oh, perfect. That is what I'm here to do. Cool. Make me king. I'll make everyone Christians. And then, uh, boom, mission accomplished. Beam me back up, God. I'm, I'm done. Call it. Well, how much time was that? I'm already king, right? Instead, what does he do? He flees from those guys 
he goes and first uh, he spends time with God and encounters God himself again. And then he goes and catches up with the 12 average dudes that he pulled out of, of the nation of Israel to follow him, right? And it's these 12 that we see him spend uh, time with constantly that are following around all the time, that he's eating meals with, uh, that he's answering the questions for, uh, that he's pouring into, uh, that he's uh, revealing himself to and, and who he's delegating things to and saying, you go try this, you go out and, and spread this news, you know, giving them jobs, training them up uh, to be better followers of him because all the while he knows that, that he will someday be gone, that it's his job to die on a cross and, and to raise back up and to ascend back into heaven. And when he does, he's going to need leaders for his new kingdom, right? So that's his plan. Uh, and you'd think that looks crazy, but um, I want to show you. It, it becomes more clear when you look at the, the book of Acts, okay? So again, if you have your Bibles, um, this is not going to be on the screen. So um, if you've got an app or anything, you're probably going to want to want to look at this. If you go to Acts 1, we're going to do a quick breeze over of Acts 1 and 2 to make try to make sense of Jesus's uh, mission here, okay? So beginning of uh, Acts, the book of Acts. Yeah, uh, starts with Jesus getting ready to, uh, to ascend back into heaven, right? And he's talking to his disciples. Verse eight, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem uh, and to the ends of the earth. But he says, he says, stay here, though, until that Holy Spirit comes, okay? Don't go anywhere. Stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Uh, and now, uh, in verse 12, my caption says, uh, waiting for the Spirit, or my subtitle. Uh, they're sitting there, waiting for the Spirit. And verse 13, who's there, right? Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, all those, all the disciples, right? All the, the 12. Uh, and then with him, uh, verse 14, uh, Mary, the, the women that were with them, uh, Jesus' brothers. Verse 15 even says that there was 120 people there in that upper room, okay? And what were they doing in that upper room? They were doing exactly what, what Jesus taught them. Uh, verse 14, they just continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, they're just in that upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit, obeying Jesus in one accord with prayer and supplication, all right? Uh, and then the Spirit talks to them. God uh, highlights stuff to them, and, they, and, and stuff starts happening. Uh, and then, but they're waiting patiently until verse 2. And then verse 2 is the day of Pentecost, uh, where suddenly, I'm sorry, chapter 2, where suddenly uh, something amazing happens. Verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing wind, mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then you see tongues of fire coming on their heads, and all of a sudden, uh, these 120 normal dudes, uh, normal people who were just following, God, uh, following Jesus during his ministry, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit falls on them, and, and they start in, in different languages that they did not know, sharing the good news of Jesus, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, these 120 disciples are in, are in the middle of an entire city encountering God, an entire, an act of God that is citywide, <laughs> this diverse city. Everyone is, is hearing the, the, the good news, right? And, and like I said, naturally, when this stuff happens, people start asking questions, okay? So verse 7, it starts, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? Uh, and how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Valid question. Uh, verse 12, whatever could this mean, right? They're confused. 
This is ridiculous. What is happening? And I think when they're asking that question, Jesus is up in heaven and he's like, thank God I trained Peter for this. Peter is ready for this. This is Peter's time to shine. It's right here. And he starts in verse 14 of Acts 2. And he starts explaining them, answering all their questions. Men of Judea, here's what's going on. What you're seeing is a, is a fulfillment of a prophecy from Joel. Uh, trust me, we spent this time with this teacher who, who really explained what is happening. Uh, and he goes on and he, and he talks about, uh, tells them about Jesus, this Jesus that they had killed, that the people of Jerusalem had killed, but he couldn't stay dead. He rose back to life, right? And now he's up ruling with, with God, proving that he's the Christ the Messiah, and his spirit now lives with us. Uh, and, and you see in, the ver- in verse uh, 37, G- Peter, able to lead them through what's going on here, able to answer their questions, uh, and, and what do they say? Do they say, men and brethren, what shall we do? <laughs> Peter says, repent and let every one of you be baptized. Jesus' plan of discipleship working perfectly. Right, Because the men that he had invested in for, for three years during his ministry now have the heart of Jesus, now have the knowledge of Jesus, and now are armed with the Holy Spirit to carry out his plan uh, to Jerusalem, to Judea, to the ends of the earth. Right, And that is, where, uh, that is the context for Acts 42, which is where uh, what we read every, I'm sorry, Acts 2.42, which is what we read uh, every life group. Right, what we shoot for with every uh, community that we have here on campus. But, but Jesus, it was always Jesus' plan, right? Not to have a million people know his name, but to have 12 men know his heart, okay? And, and it's because those men knew his heart and knew him at a heart level that Jesus was able to tr- entrust to them the church and, and they would experience revival, Right? And that, that is what we're shooting for with discipleship because it, we, we pray a lot for Acts 2 revival, but Acts 2 revival can't come unless an Acts 1 upper room community is in place to steward that Acts 2 revival, right? So we can, we can pray, God move, God move, but, but do we even have the, the people ready to, to welcome in all these new believers? Maybe not, right? But if we're living intentionally in a discipleship uh, environment, which which we like to think we've fostered here in this ministry, uh, then, we're, then we're ripe, right? We're ripe for, for when God wants to move in individuals and at a larger scale. Does that make sense? Is that kind of cool? I think that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and if you want to make discipleship uh, super simple, it's just about obedience, right? It's just about encouraging one another uh, to obedience to Jesus. You want to know how you can be uh, a better friend to your brothers and sisters? You just ask them, hey, what's, what's Jesus speaking to you? And they tell you, and you ask, have you, have you done anything about that? <laughs> what, what are you doing for, about it? Uh, and they're able to tell you, and you're doing discipleship. That's, that's the community that we want to have, uh, living together and encouraging one another to follow Jesus better. So from this environment of encountering God and discipling uh, each other to obey him, we, we receive more and more life, so much life that we have extra life that spills out of us that we can give away to others. And that's where that mission, that mission sphere comes in. Okay, so, um, man, we, we live in a world that, that is, is desperate for people 
who are doing this, right? For people who are encountering God and being filled up by him. We live uh, in an increasingly dark and, and broken world. I, th- I think I've seen darkness even at Fort Worth um, and, and at TCU, I assume. You guys know, is there darkness, some darkness at TCU maybe at some point? I don't know. Uh, but I would think yes. Um, there's people uh, living in darkness, right? And, and it's, it's disciples strategically placed that, that Jesus wants to use to, to bring light into those dark places. But, uh, man, it, were just, it reminds me of there's this, there's this old worship band from probably like early 2000s-ish um, that I don't know uh, if you've heard of. Some of you might be too young. Uh, but this song that really, uh, really hits me hard, I just want to read some of the the lyrics to you guys um, says, uh, uh, people killing, people dying, children hurting, hear them crying. Can you practice what you preach? Would you turn the other cheek? Father, 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 help us. Send some guidance from above because people got me, got me questioning. Where is the love? Some of you are friends with Ben Prock and knows that he plays that song a lot because it's actually the Black Eyed Peas from 2003, uh, from, from, the, from the album Ella Funk, which I like a lot, um, but the Black Eyed Peas, can you believe that they wrote a song like that? I mean, and it was like top of the charts, and they're crying out, like, Father, 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 help us, send some guidance from above, uh, but, but this, this secular song, hold on, this is crazy, this is nuts, hold on, this verse, okay, uh, this is what he says, he's, this verse, he's talking about more bad stuff that's going on. Uh, he says, not respecting each other, deny thy brother. A war is going on, but the reason's undercover. The truth is kept secret and swept under the rug. If you never know truth, then you never know love. That's a guy that goes by the name Taboo, and he was a member of the Black Eyed Peas. And I don't know what seminary he went to or whatever, but man... Something happened, his, or his songwriters, something happened where they, un, they stumbled upon something real there. If you never know truth, then you never know love. That's a revelation, but it's true. And there's this war going on that people don't understand the real reason why it's going on, but it's going on all around them, and they're stuck, and then they're, they're in the need for truth and love, but they can't know love unless they know truth, and they're looking for it in all different kinds of places, but, but they think truth and love is a, a feeling. They think, they think truth and love are ideas and feeling instead of a person, right? Because God says, I am love. <laughs> Jesus says, I am the truth, and it's found in that, that triune God, that, that relational God of love, but the world is, is in dire need of that, man. And oh, Romans 8 actually says that, that creation groans with birth pangs, eagerly waiting for the children of God to be revealed. And in this room, like, they're revealed, the children of God, here. And that, that strategy that Jesus had, um, you know, 2,000 years ago, remains his strategy, right? Discipleship and placing those disciples right where he uh, plans to begin work, okay? Uh, and so that, that is what he still does. That is 
where you guys find yourselves, that's where I find myself, is exactly in the place where Jesus has strategically placed me for people, uh, for groups that he has a heart for. I mean, I'm, we, we walk around with this Holy Spirit inside of us, and I'd like to think that that means God is bringing us to the places where we need to be uh, and where his spirit needs to be so we can let him loose uh, into loving uh, those that are around us. Yeah, Jesus says we're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And I don't think that's something that we try to work up. I think we're light because that Holy Spirit is in us and, and it's just who we are. If we, if we live that true self that God has made us into, then we're going to shine light into people's darkness, right? Um, I love what Ben says about that uh, being the salt. Uh, all we do is we make people's lives taste better. Such a cool calling, right? Whatever, whoever I encounter, I'm going to make your life taste a little better. I'm going to make your day taste a little better. Sometimes that's in a smile, in a nice conversation, encouraging them, asking them how they're doing. Or, you know, it's going to make their life taste a whole lot better <laughs> is if their soul experiences some of the living God, right? And if I, if I usher them into that, if I, if I show them the way into that, they're going to be loved. But that, that plan is still going on. And here's the thing about all this, which is why they're overlapping and, and all these things, is that each of these is found in the other. That's why, you know how Venn diagrams work, I assume, by now. Um, but as we, we encounter God and we do that in a discipleship, community, right? That's what we're doing here. And then from here, we're sent forth, but, but we're sent forth with God. So even when we're sent, we're experiencing God. God is there, and we're never sent out alone. We're almost always sent out with brothers and sisters with us. So this is what we're shooting for, guys. I mean, this is, what, this is, this is how we love one another. This is how we check in on one another. This is how we examine our own hearts is if, we're, if, if these things are going on. And it's how we just live a life. <laughs> Spilled out, like we've been praying, right? It's how we live a life where, where our, our sustenance comes from God and we have so much of it that we can love our brothers and sisters and then we can love our campus around us. So I want to invite up uh, our worship team back here um, just for a time of, of responding. And just what we're about to go into, um, actually, I'll invite a ministry team back uh, up as well. We're going to have some of our college parents um, and, and just some other leaders up here to, to pray with you guys. But take this time right here. This is the time to do this, right? This, this could be your time to encounter God. And that's great. And God is eager if that is what he has in store for you tonight. And you should be too. You should be expectant. Uh, but God, God truly does. He wants to meet with you. Um, it could be also a time for discipleship is the other one. It could be your time to go and, and love one another. One of the greatest ways that we love one another uh, is by responding to the Holy Spirit inside of us who's nudging us to go in and pray for someone, to go and love on someone, to go and check on someone. Uh, this could be a time for that. But, but this, this room is open, uh, and wherever, wherever God is, is emphasizing within this lifestyle to recommit, to rededicate, to open up to more, uh, 
there's no time, like right now, to obey, which is what disciples do. So I want to pray for us, and then we'll uh, just enter into a time of worship, and you can spread out if you want. Um, but come receive prayer, no matter how big, no matter how small, come get prayer for someone. So yeah, Lord, um, yeah, your life, Lord, is, is so much sweeter and so much more abundant. Uh, God, just uh, the ways we've been doing it, Lord, um, just aren't, aren't, aren't always enough, Lord. And even those of us that are, uh, that are doing this well, which is a lot of us, Lord, I, I, uh, we, just want, we just want more, God. We want, we want even, even less of our life, even more of your life. We just thank you for your spirit, God. And we, uh, we, we use that spirit to, to connect with you right now, to relate to you, Lord. And, and we thank you just for that ability. <laughs> Lord, that we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait at the bottom of the mountain for someone else to tell us about you, Lord. We can meet you ourselves and our souls can drink of your presence. So God, pour that out on us tonight. Let us meet you. Let us love on you as you love on us, Lord. We fix our eyes on you, God. Pray this in your name.